How blessed to have our first message today by given by Mr. David Hope entitled Empty Tomb and No Colored Eggs. Thank you, Mr. McGarvey, and good afternoon, everyone, on this cloudy afternoon in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Glad to have everyone here, and we hope that people online can uh, have good service. And uh, it sounds kind of cynical, doesn't it, the title? Got two parts. As most of us here know, that uh, in about three and a half weeks will be the Lord's Passover. Then the following Sunday is Easter, and a lot of times Easter and, and uh, Passover come pretty close sometimes, or a little ways further apart. But anyway, it's Easter, which is the day many churches celebrate as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They say he resurrected on, on Easter Sunday, and that's the reason they... Uh, keep the uh, Sunday as holy, that they have permission now to change the God's holy Sabbath to Sunday. There's eight scriptures in the New Testament talking about the first day of the week, and most of the churches will use uh, uh, the first four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, talking about the uh, uh, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today I'm going to give the punchline first. Instead of giving you a few scriptures, I'm going to give you the punchline first. I'm going to show you that on that particular Sunday, during Christ's crucifixion, that the tomb was empty on that day. That Jesus was gone. He wasn't even there. And no one witnessed him coming out rather than the angels itself. And it didn't say that they witnessed it, but they were there. So I'm going to read portions of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And by the way, if I, forget, if I uh, fail to mention it later, we have articles along this subject. I didn't see any over here. I think we're out on our deal, but we, we can have them next week, I'm sure. And uh, we can, you can order them from... Uh, CGOM or the Tulsa Church of God. There are other churches of God, even in this area, that have headquarters somewhere else that print these articles too, and they have some in their uh, magazines. So it, it's not that we're the only ones that have the truth. And uh, the booklets that one of them, I think I even have one with me right now, is believe it or not, the resurrection was not on Sunday. This is surprising to a lot of people. We'll start off in, uh, let me see, make sure I'm not too far ahead of myself. Matthew, the 28th chapter, 1 through 7. And as we read these, we'll find out that each, each one of the writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, come at just a little different angle. They see things a little differently. Uh, you know, just like us, when we tell a story about something, uh, my wife will mention things that I leave out, uh, and I'll mention things she doesn't. Same way with some of the brethren in here. Anyway, Matthew 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, 
as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. I looked at this, this was one of my favorite scriptures years ago before I ever started in a church about 55 or so years ago. And I didn't look at it to see that uh, Easter or Passover, either one. I was looking at it to, to see which day that the Bible really did call the Sabbath and that the Sabbath was before Sunday, the first day of the week. And then, of course, after that, I went to the uh, main library downtown, checked out books on calendars, on clocks, and time, and realized that the same day that Jesus walked on earth, the Sabbath was the same, and no, no, the weekly cycle had never been broken during that time. They made adjustments in the calendar, but there was no, uh, no adjustments in the daily cycle. Anyway, so get that out of the way. Verse two, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his garment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers, and, and read a little bit before that, uh, they, they set uh, guards up so that his, Jesus' friends wouldn't come and steal him away. So his keepers, that's what they're talking about, did shake, it made them afraid, and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not you, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. See, Jesus wasn't there. And this was, as, as I said there, and, uh, and the end of the Sabbath began to dawn toward the first day of the week. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. Verse 7. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goes before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. So said the angels. The next one in order would be Mark 16, 1 through 7. Same scenario, just worded a little differently. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and, and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, so he mentioned a little bit different, very early in the morning, first day of the week, they came into the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, and they saw that the stone was already rolled away, for it was very great, a big, huge stone, and the women didn't think they could move it. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were frightened. They what in the world? And he said unto them, be not afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. So the temple that they had him in, that, that tomb, I'm sorry, uh, was empty other than the, the angels and the clothing. Behold the place where he laid. 
but go your way and tell his disciples and Peter that he goes before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he, as he said unto you. The next one is Mark, I mean, sorry, Luke. Luke 24, verse 1. And upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher bringing spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord. And it came to pass as they were, ver they were much perplexed, you know, couldn't figure out what, what in the world happened. Therefore, behold, two men. So this, this uh, Luke says that there were two men. You know, they, and well, the other said, well, there's one man. But anyway, he said, there's two men by them in shining garments. As they were afraid and bowed their head, bowed their faces to the earth, they said unto them, why seek you the living among the dead? He is not here. So another example, first day of the week, early in the morning, uh, Jesus was not there. The temple was, or not temple, I keep calling it a temple. The tomb, the tomb was not, he's not here, but risen. Remember how he spoken to you when he was in Galilee. So Jesus told them, and I'm not going to go to the scriptures now for time, and verse, uh, verse 7, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And we'll hear that a great deal a lot of times now during uh, this season, the Passover season, the resurrection season. And returned from the sepulcher and told these things unto the eleven and to the rest, all the rest. One more major. John, chapter 20 and verse 1 through 8. In the first day of the week comes Mary Magdalene when it was yet dark. Well, see, here's, here's one of the... Uh, authors saying it was dark, but it was still Sunday morning, you know. Uh, uh, anyway, when it was yet dark, and to the sepulcher, and seized the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runs, oh yeah, yeah, talking about Mary Magdalene early. Uh, then she runs and, and comes to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher. So he was not there. It was empty. And we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and the other disciples and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun uh, Peter and came to the sepulcher first. And stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes laying yet where he uh, yet went he not in okay 
the other one was John. Then comes Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seized the linen clothes and the napkin that was about his head, not laying with the linen clothes. So they'll wrap around his head was separate and there's significance of that and I'm not going to get into that right now. But wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher and he saw and believed. And as I mentioned a while ago, we do have articles on this and they'll explain it a lot, lot, lot better than I can do. But, uh, uh, and they go into a lot more detail too. But we have a lot of, and there's some, other, uh, some of our other uh, congregations and some of the other churches I was talking about have magazines too that uh, they put out once a month or so, I think, what is it, uh, uh, Morrow's World or something like that, there's one of them, and what's the other one, Larry, you know? Uh, Beyond Tomorrow, so, and they're good, they're some of our brothers, uh, one of the churches, I think, the Living Church, one of them is the uh, uh, United Church, and there's some other groups too that are split, <coughs> excuse me, I've got part two, part two, <coughs> excuse me, I may not do part two, <coughs> part two is part of a message that I gave several years ago, some, some people who have been around for a while may have seen it, heard me speak it, and it, it, it sounds a little, oh, I don't know what you'd say, not intimidating, but it sounds a little aggressive and it doesn't, I don't mean to be that way uh, although I do have a little bit of discomfort with some of the pastors of churches that teach some of the doctrines that they teach because you know they've gone to these seminaries uh, some people call them cemeteries where they bury the truth but uh, they, they should know some of the stuff that we know these educators and, and even a lot of the commentaries and people that are supposed to really be smart in the Bible uh, take a lot of these scriptures and they, they twist them and I think really uh, uh, I don't know that they deliberately do it I think their, their minds are just not open uh, uh, I'm going to uh, some of it's so simple after you after you understand what we understand you think how, how did I ever not understand that you know and I think it's just uh, uh, God's Holy Spirit will give us an insight on some of these things. And anyway, but uh, I mentioned um, in that message before, and I'll mention it in this one too, this message was not intended to be politically correct. This message is for those that celebrate Easter. And like I said, I'm going to qualify this. I've got relatives that come that celebrate Easter. I've got good friends that celebrate Easter, and I I would think my purpose would be to stir up these pastors and and, and educators and some of these other churches to stir them up and to make them so angry what I'm saying that they're going to get their Bible out and they're going to maybe write to me or say something or call or something and, and show where I'm wrong. 
And if I'm wrong, I need to be shown that. But anyway, so I'm, I'm not going to hold back. I don't want to be accusing of anyone, and, and I hope if some of my brothers, you know, my kin folks, or even my sister, that's, uh, she's real religious, and she's always, praise the Lord, you know, and, and, and I can't fault her, but, but she does some of those things too, and, and she won't listen to me, and I, and I don't try to preach to her. But uh, anyway, but she's a good girl, the only sister I have, and I, I love my sister. But uh, anyway, whoever is out there that disagrees and they see some of the things I say, and it sounds kind of hateful, I don't mean for it to be hateful, but I mean for it to, if, if you think I'm wrong and you think you're doing okay, check it out in your own Bible. And I didn't put these words in your Bible, just like when I gave a message one time here a while back of one of, uh, one of my relatives that gave a funeral there, and I told him, I didn't slip in there last night and put this in your Bible. You know, your loved one, they're not down there in hell right now burning forever and ever. They're not down there. And they're not in heaven right now looking down on you either because the Bible says, you know, that David is both dead and buried. So I'm not putting this stuff in the Bible. And, and you may say, well, it's just your take. But anyway, get that out of the way. I, I hope I don't uh, hurt anybody's feelings in the meantime. If I do, well, and it drives you to checking out on these things to see if it's true or not, uh, that's great. That's good. You can be mad at me. Yeah, I don't care. But hopefully, but I still love you for it. Uh, turn to first scripture over in there in part two will be Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Here's a little Paul uh, beseeching the Romans. Verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, and that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. And for a long time I was conformed to this world. I was doing a lot of the things that, that I'm going to accuse these people of doing. I was doing the very same thing. Be not conformed to the world but be you transformed. And that's what we want to do. We, and even now, I want to transform. I want all of us, for whatever we're doing, we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove, it says prove, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm not going to turn here, but I do have a scripture that you can uh, turn to also later, 1 Thessalonians 5.21. He says, Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. So if, if, if you know, if, if you're right and, and I'm wrong, fine, you know, prove it. Prove it, and you'll, you'll feel justified yourself. Here's a question. Why do you call one of the most holy days of God by a pagan name, Easter? You know, Day of Atonement and, and uh, Passover, very, very, very sacred things, and they call it by a different name. They call it Easter. You know, Easter is only mentioned one time in the whole Bible, and that's in the New Testament. And that's the, the, the Greek word is Passion. It's, it's the Passover. 
And they just mistranslated it, and they, for whatever reason, the people that were in the translation of that particular time, they slipped that word Easter in there. Do you know why rabbits and eggs are such an important part of your custom? You know, people up here on the line. Why? Why? What, what, what purpose is rabbits and, and colored eggs and, and your custom of, of, of the most sacred thing, a resurrection, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus? More people, this is a fact too, more people go to church on Easter than any other time of the year. You know, churches are filled for, girls have their pretty little dresses, you know, and, and the boys have their little nice suits and everything, and they're really dressed up on Easter. And one of the only times that some people ever go to church is on Easter. Yet, you teach the big fat lie that rabbits lay colored eggs. I've not been able to figure that one out. I remember when I was a kid that I, I looked for colored eggs too. And I know that some of them didn't even find until maybe a week or so later. And I went ahead and ate some of them. I don't think I got ptomaine poisoning, but <laughs> and anyway, it wasn't very good. You know, it was cracked and, and being out in the sunshine and all that. But I remember hunting Easter eggs. And it was kind of fun, but I wasn't taught anything about Jesus Christ. I know going to Sunday school when I was about five years old, Miss Giddens walked up the street, and my dad was in the Navy at the time, and my mother had two little boys, and uh, Miss Giddens would take us to church at the Church of God there on the highway in Oilton. And uh, I learned about Jesus when I was five years old, and I learned that, that, that stealing was bad, and I learned that lying was bad, and, uh, and murder and some of the other things. And I knew that Jesus loved me, and I knew Jesus loved all the little kids. Didn't mean I wasn't a, that I was a perfect teenager. I wasn't a real good teenager. I had problems just like a lot of you out here do, you know. But in, in the back of my mind, I did know that, you know, uh, I wasn't thinking about Easter eggs at the time. But anyway, uh, you teach your little children that rabbits hide eggs for you to look for. And when you do teach, when you do try to teach religious side, you teach the lie that Jesus lied. Some people say, "Well, he lied." Some of them, I don't know many people says that, but or, or but I do know uh, even some of the commentaries and some of the people will say, "Well, Jesus was mistaken. He didn't really lie, but he was mistaken about being three days and three nights in the tomb." It was really a day and a half, and some of you already know the the, the arguments, the the oh, what do we call the words uh, anyway? But you know, uh, these the senior moments. Hope you don't get that way. But anyway, but uh, uh, not an equal. But anyway, uh, they think it's a, an ex anyway. I'm going to get off of that. <laughs> but they think it, you know, it means part of days, and and. Some of our booklets really do a good job on doing that. I'm not going to take all the time right now getting on to that. But uh, uh, just like uh, when Jesus mentioned in the light of uh, and the comparison to Jonah and the, 
in the heart of the fish. Three days and three nights, Jonah was in the, inside of this fish before, you know, God made him vomit him up on the hill. And that was three 24-hour periods, 72 hours. And also, the, the three days and three nights, the, the Hebrew words on that, this was in the Old Testament, as the same, same days and night Hebrew words, and I don't have those down here, as it was when uh, uh, the flood was on the earth, the 40 days and 40 nights. So uh, these are provable things. And Jesus, I'm not, okay, it said Jesus lied and he was in there for half a day. And, and the booklets will really go into that, really explain that a lot. So before you really get too angry, uh, send off some of our books and the booklets, and, and uh, I, I think you'll be convinced that uh, it was really uh, three 24-hour periods. And, and I'm not going to get into the, the deal. I've done it on a number of sermons, and some may still do it between now and, and the days of unleavened bread and Passover that uh, uh, how you come up with that, uh, that Jesus was not crucified on a Friday evening. Is, and, and I can understand. Uh, if I didn't understand what we know about the holy days and about that there were two Sabbaths that week, and the closest some of the commentaries will come to is, oh, well, John called, I think it was John, called it a high day. That Sabbath was a high day because the annual high day, annual Sabbath came on the, on the weekly Sabbath, so they called it a high day. No, that was two days. Uh, a high day on Thursday, a preparation day again on Friday, and then another weekly Sabbath. So I'm not going to get into taking all that right now because I don't have time. I've got to hurry up and get through. But uh, very provable. And if you get, get these articles, you'll, I think you'll understand and you won't be near as angry. Uh, anyway, let me catch up with myself here. Anyway, you teach the lie that Jesus was resurrected from the dead on Sunday morning at sunrise. You know, they, some people even will have sunrise services. And I think I've got that mentioned. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, uh, and, and that's the reason the first day of the week is now called the Lord's Day. And that's another, another sermon on that, too. Uh, and they over, try to override the commandments of keeping the seven-day Sabbath we're calling, uh, calling Sunday the Lord's Day. And I've blown off steam a few times on, uh, over in Revelation, uh, I think the first chapter, when John said, I was in spirit on the Lord's Day. And they immediately say that was Sunday. That was the first day of the week. And then they start putting you over there to the, uh, to the eight. Uh, first day of the week deals and just they just jump right in there they're do, they do worse than some of the evolutionists do about trying to prove evolution is true over God but I'm not going to get into that uh, we'll go to uh, uh, Deuteronomy 6 chapter over in Old Testament 6 chapter verse 5 and 6 Deuteronomy 6 here's what God is telling about serving other gods. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. 
And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to, and to your children and shall talk of them when you walk or talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way or when you're in your car or you're going somewhere you talk about them whenever you get a chance you talk about God and his principles and and when you lie down and when you rise up I did have uh, verse 7 I mean 8 and 9 but I think I'm going to skip that for time's sake go over into uh, while we're in Deuteronomy uh, Deuteronomy 12 take heed unto yourself that you be not snared by following them after they be destroyed from before you and you and that you inquire not you don't ask what not after their gods saying how did these nations serve their gods even so will i do likewise so we're not supposed to do like that we're not supposed to go out and cut the tree out of the forest and hang them with bulbs and gold and silver and all that, and we're not supposed to uh, see how they do that. We're not supposed to see how they, what they did with the rabbits, the fertility symbols and the eggs and all that. We're not supposed to look at that. God said, I tell you what you're supposed to do. You don't do what these other people did, serving other gods. You shall not do so in to the Lord your God for uh, for every abomination unto the Lord which he hates they have done unto their gods for even their sons and their daughters they have burnt in the fire for, unto their gods and I don't know if any of the Christian religions have adopted that part of it but uh, some, of the, some of the pagans they did they burned alive their, some of their children sacrificed Verse 32, what things soever I command you, observe and do it, you shall not add unto it, and nor diminish from it. So we don't take away from any of it, and we don't add to it. The real symbols are the Lamb of God, the unleavened bread, and the wine, Christ's body and his blood, not rabbits and eggs. And one or two more verses of scriptures, John 1, first chapter of John, verse 28, 29. These things were done, I'm getting in the middle of this when Jesus was baptized. These things were done in Beth Barah, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John sees Jesus coming into him. And for some reason, when I seen that, I thought about one of the old songs when I was a little boy. Here comes Peter, Cottontail. Does anybody ever remember that? Lucille Wood. Hopping down the bunny trail. You remember that? Hippity hopping. Easter's on it. I'm not a very good singer, so. Anyway, for some reason, I thought that when I said, here, here comes the bunny, He's, uh, Peter Cottontail. Anyway, saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. It didn't mention rabbits and eggs or anything else. Now in the same chapter of John, we'll go down to th verse 35-37. Again, the next day after John stood and the two disciples and looking upon Jesus, he walked 
as he walked and said, again, he said the same thing, Behold the Lamb of God. Didn't say, Behold the Easter Bunny. Oh, here's the, the bunny that lays eggs. Behold the Lamb of God. And these two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Uh, one more scripture, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6 through 8. Paul is admonishing. Your glory is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leavens a whole lump? You know, a little bit of sin can, can add up very quickly. Purge out, therefore, the old eggs. And, oh, never mind. But therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. So this time, way down in history, after Christ died, they were still keeping the Passover and the days of unleavened bread down here. And, I don't remember what this day it was, A.D. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Right then, keep the feast, even after Jesus. Not with old leaven, neither with leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And just as an aside, Lamb mentioned 27 times in Revelation alone. The rabbit, not mentioned at all, I don't think in the Bible, I didn't find it anywhere in the Bible. Hare is a couple of times, which I think is a rabbit anyway, but uh, that's two times over in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Easter is listed one time, that's the one I mentioned a while ago, and that's supposed to be Passover, it's not supposed to be Easter. And uh, anyway, Passover is listed 28 times in the New Testament. So, if you're going to teach your little children about Jesus Christ and the true God, then why not use the true symbols that the Bible uses? And remember, the, the tomb was empty and no colored eggs. 